Yes, it was inevitable this would happen. This is because uh, remote users, teleworkers are much more vulnerable outside of the corporate environment than within. This is compounded by the fact that you have the most dramatic transfer of wealth occurring, at least here in the U.S., um, from a historical perspective, due to the multi-trillion dollars of monies that have been distributed to banks, small businesses, and individuals. And so as capital becomes much more liquid and as capital is completely digitized in today's world, uh, the cyber criminal crews of, of Eastern Europe and Brazil have fully taken advantage of the situation. You were already seeing an increase in cyber attacks, though, weren't you, over the previous 12 months? Yes, we were. Unfortunately, 22 years of conducting cybersecurity, I've realized that the problem has only gotten worse. Uh, the dark web has become a true economy of scale. And there are many nation states that treat their hacker communities as national assets, viewing them almost like a Robin Hood phenomenon. Obviously, the financial sector itself is a prime target of choice. Very much so. Look, the financial sector is much more secure than all other industries, with the exception of maybe the intelligence community for the five eyes. That being said, uh, the financial sector is being targeted by the most elite hacker crews of the world and nation states themselves. The financial sector has been targeted by North Korea, Iran, Russia, and their intelligence apparatuses for years to offset economic sanctions. But what we're really appreciating about today's environment is that many of the attacks are using the interdependencies and the trusted uh, connective tissue between various um, service providers, financial institutions, and regulators to attack the, the primary targets. Essentially, they're conducting island hopping between the interconnected uh, financial sector participants and using remote access as their conduit. What we've seen over the course, particularly of the past few years in the financial sector, is a huge boost in the number of institutions, new institutions, new technologies, new platforms, new APIs. I could go on and on and on. Are these new systems all as secure as they should be? No, they're not. And frankly, all of these new systems not only beget a greater attack surface, but they create that connective tissue, as I referenced before, that allows for hackers to island hop within the sector and to maintain persistence within the sector. We should be incredibly concerned. This is not just about the theft of monies, wire transfer fraud, or the theft of cryptocurrency. And many of the attacks nowadays are all about stealing non-public market information, conducting digital front running, conducting digital insider trading. These are all mechanisms that can be utilized by hackers if they are sitting on a box per se, because they will have omniscience and thus be able to be telepathic to the portfolio managers who use that system. I also note in your analysis, just to move away from hackers who want to make money, whether they are uh, state actors or non-state actors, you're seeing an increase in destructive attacks. Yeah, that's very concerning to me. I'm not sure whether that is directly due to geopolitical tension that is manifesting in cyberspace, or that is due to the nature in which cyber criminals uh, they don't want to be caught, and thus they're burning the evidence, conducting counter-incident response against the defenders by deleting logs and destroying subnets, et cetera, et cetera. Many times they're using wipers, dropping these wipers and systems to, to literally destroy those systems, or they're leveraging ransomware but not asking for ransom. In a very not petia style, they're, they're leveraging ransomware to essentially lock up the victim either pre- or post 
the heist per se. And that's why, you know, one of the themes in this report, one of the terrible themes of this report is that you're seeing this transition from the bank heist to a hostage situation in this regard. Uh, and that the cyber criminals are willing to not only rob you, but to destroy and, and cripple your infrastructure and your environment. Okay, this is all sounding very depressing at the moment. We're talking about destruction. You talked earlier about how the burst of creativity, I would like to optimistically describe it as in financial services, has just increased the attack surface. What should institutions be doing to better protect themselves? I think they should appreciate that someone is already in the vault. For too long, they've relied on network security uh, to protect themselves. They've been focused on a strategy of prevention of attacks. I don't think 100% prevention is possible in today's environment due to the advent of island hopping and fileless malware and living off the land attacks, et cetera, et cetera. What they need to appreciate is they need to dramatically increase visibility into east-west traffic. Uh, they need to be able to intrinsically suppress intrusions that occur in their environment by diverting and containing and hunting an adversary unbeknownst to the adversary. The only way to really achieve that is to be widely deploying uh, endpoint detection and response capabilities, micro-segmenting, deploying application control, ensuring that remote users are not just dependent upon a VPN for their security, and proactively conducting threat hunting exercises throughout their environments, as well as their service provider environments, to identify any sort of secret passageway or presence of a criminality that may exist in a system. Metaphorically, they need to evaluate whether someone is in the vault before they shut down the bank for the day. The likelihood of that being the case seems to be fairly high at the moment from what you're saying. If I were a financial institution, what's the first thing I need to, to consider? What's, what's the number one priority? So in, they need to get back to their roots. Uh, the financial sector was based on trust and confidence and the safety and soundness of your assets. That was the premise behind financial institutions and the birth of financial institutions. They need to understand that trust and confidence will not be merely ensured by encryption and encrypting data. They need to really appreciate that this is about brand protection. And the end game for the adversary is not just the, the heist. It is to use their digital brand, their digital transformation efforts to attack their constituency. And frankly, there's no coming back from that if you're a financial institution, if your infrastructure is now being used to attack your customers. So from a paradigm shift, they need to promote the chief information security officer to be equal to or greater than the chief information officer. You need that defensive mindset at the top. In addition to that, proactive threat hunting can give you a, a game plan to mobilize resources and to focus on attack paths that are being realized uh, to suppress an adversary in real time. And frankly, they need to make sure that all of their security controls are integrated. Too many times now you're seeing institutions that have dozens of security controls that are not integrated and things fall through the cracks. That surely is just a reflection of the fact that a lot of institutions, and if we're particularly talking about established institutions, have legacy systems which simply have not kept up with what is now available and indeed what the customer actually expects. Now, those legacy systems can be of benefit to you if you deploy application control. What I mean by that is a legacy system where application control has been deployed on that is a very difficult target to hack for a modern hacker who may not understand the legacy system, number one, and for sure does not know how to get around application control. In addition, they need to really believe in this construct called just-in-time administration. No one should have perpetual administrative rights. 
People should have administrative rights relegated to them specific to an existing task in a time frame. The number one way that hackers are actually lat moving laterally through systems is by privilege escalation and compromising the accounts of system administrators. So we need to, to limit our own attack surface and inhibit their capacity to move freely through the financial institution. This is a brave new world, and I don't mean that in a, in a nice way. The fact that we have all these issues is something that was not thought through when a lot of the systems that have been put in place in the last couple of decades were put in place. And it goes back to our over-reliance on encryption, public key infrastructure, things like blockchain, which is essentially distributed public key infrastructure. It's not about the transmission. We need to comprehend and appreciate that the adversaries in today's world will commandeer the endpoint, typically an endpoint that's remotely connecting to the financial sector participant from someone's home in today's environment. And they will commandeer that endpoint and they will take the private key off that endpoint and they will unlock the encrypted tunnel that exists and they will ride through your encrypted traffic and they will sit within your institution and they will not only conduct a heist, but they will turn it into a hostage situation. Once we get to that awakening, we need to then begin to conduct the active, proactive cyber threat hunting, but not limiting that to our institutions, expanding that to our service providers, to our outside general counsels, and even the marketing firms. Because the marketing firms that we rely on, the PR firms that the financial institution relies on for their own brand, these firms have non-public market information in the press release that they're about to put out, let's say in a month, regarding, let's say, filings to the regulator or some new merger and acquisition strategy. And thus, we need to really appreciate where our attack surface ends and begins in that brave new world that you described. Can you point at any successes, any achievements of the industry rather than any threats the industry has not grappled with? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, there's greater access to capital. There's greater access to financial services. Liquidity is, is still vibrant, even though we're dealing with an unprecedented financial crisis globally. And there are many truly thoughtful leaders in the financial sector. I think we need to appreciate as an industry, whether it's the cybersecurity industry or the financial sector, that the adversary, the criminals of the world have become much more sophisticated. And it's not just about stealing monies or capital anymore. It's about understanding and predicting the moves you're going to make on the markets. And so with that in hand, we need to become much more clandestine in how we protect ourselves. Frankly, the way the industry as, as a whole, whether it's the cybersecurity community or the financial sector's defenders, we have been too loud in how we defend ourselves against the adversary of yesterday and today. We need to become much better about our operational security when we hunt and root out the cyber criminals who already have maintained persistence somewhere in our infrastructure. And there are some institutions out there, I must say, who have done this quite well. I would say one even in the UK who I see a very proactive stance from is, is the Bank of England.